All right, church, y'all ready for the word? Y'all ready to, to hear and learn about the Father's favor upon you, amen? Because his favor is upon you, right? There's no need to earn it. There's no need to try to go out there and work for it. It's a gift, and it's freely given to you, amen? We're going to learn what God's heart is for us because the Bible actually tells us that. A lot of people want to focus on uh, what you should and should not do. We're going to just tell you what the Bible says, amen? Y'all ready to learn? Listen, y'all ready to learn? Because the clock says it's almost time to go. <laughs> Those dumb clocks. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your favor. Father, thank you for speaking through me. God, use me as your vessel. God, may they hear straight from you as we turn around. We read your word. Your word is truth. It's always on time, and it's always, always for our good. So, Father, bless the people you have here this morning. Bless them as they came in. Bless them as they go out. Father, give them a peace. Give them a peace that, that would surpass all understanding. That all they could do is say thank you. Father, give them hope this morning. Our hope is in Christ. Father, reveal your son to them. And your great love in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. All right. Your Father's favor on you. Say it's on me. I was about to sing a song, but it wasn't very godly. You got to shut me down. You see that? God is good all the time. Do you believe that, church? All the time. Say all the time. And we say this a lot in churches. God is good all the time, all the time. He is good. But do you, you have to know and believe that he is truly good all the time. That even when bad things happen, even when there's no hope, there's fog in front of you. No matter what it is, you got to know that God is good. If stuff's happening to you, and it might not even be uh, in your control, other people are doing it, you got to know and you got to stand right there and say, God's doing this for my good. It is a stepping stone to bless me. Amen? And it's that faith. And when you speak out by faith, that's when you start to see the blessings. But if you if you say, why is this happening to me? Where is God? This is supposed to be my year. I've been reading a chapter every day. <laughs> How many of you guys know that reading a chapter doesn't make things good for you? It's not bad, but just reading a chapter and checking a box is not what that's not a relationship is it and god wants you to want to come to his word his word's in you all we gotta do is speak it out amen that's the first slide we got two more <laughs> oh father forgive me for lying all right third john chapter one beloved that's you you're the one being loved Amen. Beloved, I pray that you may. Did I just hear a church say prosper? You know that's a bad word. You know it's a bad You can't be saying prosper. Did we say it? Or does God say it? That's what I want you to remember. It doesn't matter what people say. God says, I wish that you may. Prosper in all things. In, say all things. 
all things. All things means what? Do you know what all means in Greek? <laughs> all. It's not that hard. I, 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 I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. That's God's desire for you, that you prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. So this prosper over here is not about spiritual prosperity. It's not about spiritual health because that's separate. It says, I wish that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's God's desire for us. But Satan has crept in and said, man, you can't use that word in church. <laughs> Prosper. It's not a bad word. Now, it doesn't mean that God's going to make you all millionaires. I wish to God that you were all millionaires. Because then you'd get that 20%. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. That was me. Listen, it does, it, it, you can't think money. Right? You can't just think money. We're going to see in a second that Joseph was very prosperous, very uh, successful, but he had nothing. Amen? We're going to see what that means in just a second. Here's something else I want you to see in Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to do justly, to love, say that word. To love, what's next? Mercy. That word there is the word grace. To love grace. Mercy and grace are the same, right? To, or the same word. If, if, you, if you read the Bible in Hebrew and then you read it in Greek, it's the same word. Grace. Mercy. Okay? Uh, and to walk humbly with your God. That's, all, that's what the Lord requires you to do. Love justly, or, or, or do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. But this grace thing, I want to show you, it's very important that you see this, okay? Very important. Look at this in John chapter 117. People will say, people abuse grace, I agree. People abuse it. There's, there's people over, like, that are far into the... The opposite of what God means for it. And there's also very religious people that abuse it. Amen? So what is grace? This is grace. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When people say you can't just preach grace, you got to preach law too. I always go to this verse. Because this, this verse says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. They'll say you're not preaching the complete truth if you leave the law out. But I'm telling you this, the law is with Moses. Grace and truth are on team Jesus. You see that? You got to know that great Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. Amen? It's very important that we see the distinction here. Now, look at Psalm verse 1-3. He shall be like a tree planted by the river's of water planted planted someone loved you enough to plant you by the rivers of water you don't plant trees because you hate them you don't plant trees hoping they'll die someone loved you enough to plant you by waters look 
that brings forth its fruit in season. God doesn't want your works. He wants your fruit. Amen? That's why it's called the fruits of the Spirit, not the works of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. God wants your fruit. He's going to plant you. He's going to plant you. By the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Shall not wither. That's the same word that used uh, when, um, when Abraham died, right? Or Moses died. Moses died, his body was, was not withered. It still had moisture in it. Isn't that crazy? Your, your, your leaf shall not wither. Now for us, what does that mean for us? That means we're going to live Forever. Forever. Amen? Isn't that good? And Sarah, she's 90 years old, and she's hot. And I'm not talking spiritually hot. People say, oh, the Lord blessed her spiritually, and there's a glow about her. No, there was a king, two kings, who didn't know God that saw her. They didn't say, oh, look how spiritual she is. They were like, dang! You know what I'm saying? That kind of beauty. Her youth was renewed. Amen? That, 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 that's for us. And whatever he does shall. Y'all said it again. Now y'all said it. Whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. Not some things. All things will prosper in your life. Amen? Look at this. Whenever you do, what, whatever, whatever you do shall prosper does not mean that life will be easy. It doesn't. We're in this world, this fallen world. We're in it, but we're not of it. That's why it's a mind thing. It, it, it's a mind thing. You've got to start thinking differently. That repent to change your mind. Amen? Whatever you do shall prosper does not mean life will be easy. Because I'm telling you, you have many guys have heard me say that the Lord loves you, the Lord's got a perfect plan for you, but in your own little circumstances, you're thinking, it ain't happening. It ain't working. You don't, I got some stuff going on and I don't see it. I don't see this, this grace, this love that he has for me. I know it's there and I know one day he'll show it. But right where I'm at right now, I don't see it. I'm going to give you hope. Who wants some hope? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in the club. Genesis 39, 1-4. If you're visiting, listen, I just, whenever a song pops in my head, I sing it. I shouldn't, but I do. Genesis 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelite who had taken him down there. Now, backstory: his brother sold him. His brother sold him to the Midianites. You know why? Because they didn't like him. They were jealous of him. Now, he was the beloved son. The beloved son. Joseph was the beloved son. This is a picture of Jesus. And he was sold because they were jealous of him. Is that in his control or out of his control? That's out of his control, right? He's sold. He goes, uh, he, get, he gets sold as a slave, right? Look at verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a? Now you look it up in the original Hebrew, and the word is prosperous. He was a prosperous man. Wait a minute. He was a slave. He had no clothes on him. Nothing. He had nothing. This should tell you 
that you don't need stuff to make you successful. You just need the Lord to be with you. And he is with you. He's with you and you're successful. And, and, and it doesn't even say that he was good looking yet. Because you know why the Holy Spirit didn't want people to think that <clears throat> I'm going through puberty. <laughs> oh, you thought that was funny. It's true. Isn't it? <laughs> My voice is cracking. I don't know what's up. Pray for me. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit didn't want you to think that he that's why good things were happening for him because he was good looking. It doesn't even mention that until after this, right? He was a slave. He had nothing. He was tied up. You can go research how the Hebrew slaves were brought in, man. They were whipped. It was like cows. People were yelling. They were whipping. He was naked. They had to be naked so that the people that were buying them could make sure nothing was wrong with them. They didn't have any kind of disease on them. Or anything. But yet he's standing there, a slave, naked, and the Bible says he was a successful man. Why? The Lord was with him. So when you feel like God's not with you, I'm here to tell you he is. And he's not just with you. He makes you successful right where you are. Whatever your situation is, whatever your family situation is, whatever your financial situation is, God makes you successful. Don't focus on the lack. Focus on who's with you. Amen? All right. Uh, and, oh, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Isn't that interesting? The master doesn't know God, but he, he saw something about Joseph. And he saw that God was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. So what does he do when he sees that? I'm here to tell you, you are a blessing to people you come in contact with. When you know this, when you know you're successful, you are a blessing because they see something. They see something that deep down they really want. Amen? They see there's something about you. So there's something that drew Potiphar to him. Was it anything Joseph did? It was who was with him. Let that speak for you. Amen? Alright, uh, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Like God, the, the people that don't even know God, they see God working through you and everything. People are like, man, why do things happen for, for Troy like that? Why, why do things happen for Troy like that all the time? He's, he's, he's blessed, right? But you, what you don't see is there's times when I don't feel blessed. There's times when, when I'm like, complaining to Kelly and I'm like man this is just I don't want to do this anymore you know you get you get down amen but the Lord is with you to prosper you it, it changes your mind changes your outlook don't look at your lack you got to focus on who's with you and sometimes even pastors need people to speak that in their lives amen we're no different all right so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. Isn't that amazing? All that he had, he put under his authority. He found favor. You know the word for favor here? Grace. He found favor in his sight. And God prospered everything. You know, he put him overseer of the house and, and, and everything because he knew that there was something about Joseph. That is where we are today as Christians, as believers, that we got to know that every situation, don't forget he's a slave. Don't forget he's in captive. He's held captive. He's about to, to get in trouble, and it's not going to be his fault. 
But I want you to know the difference between grace and works. Joseph is not working to be a blessing. He has the favor of God on him, and therefore he is a blessing. Amen? So look at this in Romans eleven six. This will give you the this will show you that works and grace are opposite. Okay, and if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. Can you see they're separate? You don't do things. You're not successful because yet you deserve it. You're successful because you don't deserve it, and God gave it to you. Amen? You see the difference between grace and works. So Joseph had favor. The Lord had favor on him. <laughs> That's my boy. You hear him back there with the Seminole chant? He's too young to understand that we are no good right now, but he's one of them faithful ones. <laughs> what is it? Oh. Dwayne needs to hear this. He prayed that he would be healed. And listen to him. <laughs> All right, so grace. Grace is undeserved favor. Work is earned favor. Are you with me? Work means you have to work for God to, be, to bless you. There was a time when that was the case. But what Christ did ended that. All right, we have undeserved, unearned favor. If you look in the Amplified Version, you'll see that. That's what it means, undeserved favor. All right, back to Genesis. <clears throat> so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. He blessed it. If you have a job and you have a boss, I'm here to tell you, this is the year when you start to focus on this, where God will bless your your boss's business for your sake. For your sake. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? I love that. It's not just for Joseph. God is no respecter of persons. Amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves us. Just like he loves Joseph. We have the same nature as as uh, um, uh, as Isaiah, right? Amen? We're no different than these guys in the Bible. You can't say that God's just for Joseph. That was a Joseph thing. No, this is a my thing. Say it's a my thing. He loves us just like them, right? So, <clears throat> um, he blessed you just as for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. In his house and in the workplace. That's what that means. The blessing of the Lord is in your house and in your workplace. Joseph's still a slave. He's still in debt. He's not free. But he's prosperous because the Lord is with him. And he's prospering other people because the Lord is with him. So when you think that there's no hope, you think that God is, is, is trying to teach you something, that's not the case. God doesn't hold things. God doesn't teach you lessons by giving you diseases. God doesn't teach you lessons by taking people out. That is the devil. His job is to still kill and destroy. Don't put that on God. That's what Satan wants you to think. God's doing this to teach me a lesson. God gave me cancer to teach me a lesson. That's a horrible thing to say when God put all that on Jesus. Why would you try to take that away from Jesus? 
and put it back on yourself. Now, when you think about it like that, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Amen? God loves you. He would not do that. All right. Ooh. Oh, thus he left all that he had in, the, in, in Joseph's hands, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. There it is. But see, that didn't make him successful. It didn't. You know, I told you all that a couple weeks ago. Look, I know looks don't make you successful. Trust me. <laughs> that was like my sexy. I, I didn't time it right. <laughs> <clears throat> and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, oh, she cast them longing eyes. Lonely eyes. She walking around. Right? Y'all read the Bible like that? I don't either. <laughs> And it came to pass that these things, the master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. What is a longing eye? It's like we have a and the wind blowing, looking like Fabio. Y'all know who Fabio is? Y'all ever seen the butter commercial? And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. And this ain't, hey, tell me some lies. Come lie with me. Right? We'll stop there. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. <laughs> and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. And she's standing there. Right. Uh, nor has he kept back anything from me. But you freak. <laughs> if I wrote the Bible, but I didn't. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, the Ten Commandments haven't been given yet. Think about that. Ten Commandments haven't even been given yet, but he knew. That's, that should tell you, you don't need the law to help you do the right thing. Amen? So, he doesn't say, now, the whole thing is about Potiphar, but then he gets down here and he goes, how can I commit this against God? Amen? So, so he, he refuses her, and I, what I want you to see is he goes on to get arrested, get put in prison because of that. Because he was walking by, she grabbed his, uh, his garment and apparently wouldn't let go, so he ran off and left his garment in her hand. And, and she's sitting there holding the garment, and he's butt-naked, streaking down the street, she takes that and she lies about him, right? She lies about him. He gets thrown in prison. Potiphar didn't really believe it, but he got thrown in prison. And he would stay in prison. He would interpret some genes. He'd get out and he'd stand in front of Pharaoh. But I want you to see that all these things are stepping stones. He was a successful, prosperous man because the Lord was with him. He had nothing. But look at this. If he wasn't sold by his brothers... If he wasn't sold by his brothers, he would never have made it to Potter's house, right? He would never have been a slave, and Potiphar would never have bought him. If Potiphar didn't buy him, he would never 
stand before Potiphar's wife where she would lie about him. If that didn't happen, he would never go to prison. If he didn't go to prison, he would never have been able to interpret the king's butler, Pharaoh butler, right? Interpret the dream. And if that didn't happen, he would never be able to stand in front of Pharaoh and interpret that dream to him. Amen? And then he would never have become second in command and able to take care of his family at the end of the day if these things didn't happen. So when bad things happen to you, I'm telling you, they are stepping stones to a great blessing coming your way. Amen? Did I yell at you? I didn't mean to. Look at this. It just tells you what this verse is all about. Amen? You can go back and read any Bible story about that where God had somebody right there. How about this? You guys remember Solomon? You remember who his mama was? A Bathsheba? David, king, should have went to war with his, with his, fellow, uh, his fellow men. Instead, he chose to stay back. Stay back. Went for a little walk on the rooftop. Right? Isn't that creepy? The man was stalking Bathsheba. She's just taking a bath. He looks down there. Bam. The, the whole thing goes on and on and on. But you know what? God chose Solomon from that. So where you make a mess, God will put a message in there. Somebody write that down. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Wherever there's a mess, God puts a message in there. A message of hope. Of hope. Man, listen. Think about the, the four women who were mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Out of all the women they could have chosen, God chose those four women. Amen? And, and that's just to show you that God's heart for you is, is, is that you may do bad things, and bad things may happen to you, but they're all stepping stones to get you to where God wants you to be, to a place of blessing. We got to know that, church. That's the, what we got to focus on, whatever's right, whatever's true, whatever's noble. Those are the things that we focus on. Not on the lack. It doesn't say whatever you lack, whatever you don't have. Wherever you fail, wherever you fall, focus on that. No, it doesn't. It says focus on the truth. Amen? All right, so... And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. So everything that happens in your life, everything that happens to you, God will make it work for you. You can say, hey man, there's consequences. Yes, they are. But God will make those consequences work for you. Amen? There was a consequence for uh, Bathsheba and David. Their first son died. But God blessed them with Solomon. Solomon would become the richest man to ever live on this planet. He was very prosperous. But look at where he came from. Doesn't matter where he came from. It's what God chose to do with him. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Your past doesn't determine your future. Amen? Woo! There's one thing that stops grace from flowing. One thing. And that is self-righteousness. A lot of people will say it's sin. Sin will stop God's grace from coming to you. If that's true, we're in trouble. 
Amen? People say, hey, hey, God will bless you when you obey him. Prepare to never be blessed because you can't obey him perfectly. Yet while we were still sinning, God gave us the greatest blessing ever, Jesus. Amen? So don't let anybody tell you, hey, God will only bless you if you're obedient. You tell them that might be true for you, but it's not for me. I don't receive it. Back up. Get behind me, Satan, whatever you want to say. Take a minute. Self-righteousness will stop the flow of grace. It doesn't stop grace. It stops the flow of grace. See, grace is continuous. The, the Bible talks about these pipes that come down from heaven, and, 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 they, and they bring the blessings of God down, right? What, what self-righteousness does, it, it squeezes the pipe. The, it doesn't stop the flow. The flow is just getting backed up in heaven. But the flow will open up when you receive it by grace. But if you try to work for it, it squeezes that pipe. But the grace doesn't stop flowing. Right? You just don't get it because you're trying to earn it. If you could earn it, God wouldn't have had to send Jesus. But he sent Jesus because he knows we can't earn it. So he gives us something we don't deserve. Self-righteousness. Look, 2 Corinthians says this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's who we are today. We are God's righteous people. Righteous in the way you act? No, we're righteous because of what Jesus did for us. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for me. Do I deserve his righteousness? No. Did Jesus deserve my sin? No. But, he made him who knew no sin. To be, it's, it, it shouldn't blow our minds that God, that God gives us righteousness. What should blow our mind is that God gave Jesus our sin. That should tell you how much he loves you. That he put something on somebody who did not sin, who did not deserve it for us. That just blows our minds. Amen? That's how much he loves us. Beautiful. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Woo! Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom by which Christ has made us free. Uh, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. If you, th- if you know what he's talking about here, he's, he's in, in chapter 4, he's talking about the law versus grace. Sarah versus Haggai. Law versus grace. And he's saying, don't go back to the law. Don't go back to trying to be righteous by what you do. That's a bondage, right? Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Circumcised. Christ will profit you nothing. Now, circumcision was a law on the eighth day, right? And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. So some people say it's not about the law. He's a debtor to keep the whole law. They say, no, it's just about circumcision. The whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. In other words, by your works, by your actions. If you're trying to please God by what you do, you've become estranged to Christ. You have fallen from grace. How do you fall from grace? Going back to the law. When people say, oh, that pastor... Uh, slept with a prostitute in, in Vegas and 
and, and he fell from grace. You see it on the news, right? You don't fall from grace when you sin. You actually fall into grace when you sin. Amen? You fall from grace when you go back to the law, when you go back to trying to, to work for your righteousness. That's what happened. That's why the law was given. Exodus 19. Exodus 20, the law was given. Exodus 19, the people said, hey, Moses, tell God all that he thinks we can do, all that he says to do, we are well able to do it. God said, really? Let's see. Bam. Here's the big 10. Do your best. Forget the rest. Right? It ain't going to happen. Nobody could keep them all. That's why he says you're, you're, you need to keep the whole law. Can't just keep one and say, look, God, look at me. He's like, what about the other nine? It was designed to condemn everybody. That's what the law was for. What Jesus is for is to redeem us from that, to buy us back. All right, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. We have a zeal for God. Would you have a zeal for God? Do you get excited about God? Do you want to share God with everybody? Like you get fired up, so did the, so did the Pharisees. They did that a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They did it to check a box. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of what? The law. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. In other words, these people, they had a zeal for God. They, they still do today. People have a zeal for God. I believe there's pastors all over America today, all over the world, that preach the law because they have a zeal for God. But they're not doing it according to God's righteousness. That was me at one point. We try to condemn you to get you to, 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 to be right with God. And that's not God's righteousness. His righteousness is a gift. It's a gift. They have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Right? So where does that come from? Romans 5.17 says this. For if, the, if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, receive two things. An abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Two things that Satan tries to stop you from receiving an abundance of grace they'll say those grace preachers are bad man don't listen to them and the free gift of righteousness if, if you have those two things the bible says you reign in life and when you reign in life your troubles do not like how i put that in, not good god just to let y'all know i could preach like an evangelist on tv and god said hey I don't know if God ever said, hey, yeah, yeah, but look, if you want to reign in life, you got to receive these two things. Very important. That's why Satan tries to attack people that preach these things, right? It says, man, you got to have an abundance of grace, not just grace. I don't preach enough grace. It says an abundance of grace. Amen. And the gift of righteousness. That's Jesus. You got to know that righteousness is a gift. It's been given to you freely because God is son. It wasn't cheap, but it was given to you freely. And if you can receive that, church, if you can receive those two things, what does it say you'll do? You will reign in this life. You will reign in this life. This life. 
Not the next life. This life. That life there is Zoe life. That means this life. Say this life. Guys, those are the, those are the only two things you need to do. Understand that grace has been given to you abundantly. And that you're righteous because of a gift. Amen? Alright, look at this. 2 Corinthians 6.1 We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Do we know what vain means? You can look up the word. It means without a gift. Isn't that interesting? Don't receive grace without a gift. Like, it's not a gift. It's something you have to earn. Because then it's not grace anymore. It's works. This is 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1. You guys know when Paul wrote this letter, he didn't use numbers. Did he? It was a letter. So, what chapter comes before 6? Say that again. Wow. You guys are so smart, man. Look at this. This is the verse that goes right before that verse. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. We then, see that? He goes right into it. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive that grace, that gift in vain. It's a gift. Just receive it. All you can do is say thank you. That's it. The gift has already been given. It's not going to come later. It's all, everything you need for this life, you have. Amen? thought she was walking out because it was time. Did she give me a look? <laughs> Whew, I'm going to need a ride home. All right. Romans 5, verse 18. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men. That's Adam, right? Resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in what? Justification of life. That means right where you are, right now, you have been justified by God because of what Christ did. It's a free gift. And when you understand that righteousness, man, you, you are free indeed. There's no more condemnation. What Adam did brings condemnation. What Jesus did brings justification. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Yes, Adam sinned, therefore we all became sinners. Well, check this out. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. What Christ did made you righteous. But yet we let people tell us, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You're a sin we focus on the sinner and not the Savior. And Savior is where we need to be. Because then we see us as justified. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that give you life and hope? All right, last one. We must speak it out. This is Now, this is 2 Corinthians 4. This is right before chapter 5. <laughs> and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. We have got to tell ourselves. We've got to tell ourselves the truth. I am righteous. I'm righteous. 
And, and you know when the most important time for you to say that is? Is when you fail. When you fail, because Satan will attack you and condemn you, make you feel guilty, make you feel shameful, make you feel regretful. Man, rise up out of that and say, I am the righteousness of God. And Satan doesn't know what to do with that. Because it's the truth. He doesn't want you to know that truth. Because that truth gives you victory. That truth makes you do things for God without regret. That truth qualifies you to be a blessing to other people. When they can see a man fall and get back up and still have confidence that he knows who he is, that's what people need to know. But when they, that, that's where the hypocrite thing comes from. Because they see a man fall and they see he's always preaching this, man, but he fell. Man, if you fall, everybody falls, amen? And instead of feeling condemned, we need to rise up out of that and say, I am the right. Do it for yourselves. Do it for your own self. Do it for your own selves. Amen? It's the truth. All right. Philippians 3, 1 through 8. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you. is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Think about that. It is safe for you. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of mutilation. You know what he's talking about? Circumcision. He's calling these Pharisees dogs, evil workers, mutilation. He didn't say circumcision. He said mutilation. That's a heck of a word. Because that's what I think of. Amen? Mutilation. Um, uh, for we are, see, this way, for we are the circumcision. Isn't it interesting, though, he's calling the Pharisees, the law-abiding Pharisees, evil workers and mutilation? Because this is why, look. Circumcision, who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Flesh, whenever you see flesh in the New Testament, it's self-effort. It means you're working for something. And he says, man, I don't put anything, I don't put anything in my flesh. I don't count on my flesh. In other words, my self-efforts to please God. Right? Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, we just talked about that, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. That means he got all that stuff from being a Pharisee, all that working your way up the level. If you were a greeter and then they said, hey, man, come and be a, a, a deacon. And you're like, man, I'm a deacon now. Woo. Right. And then you and then you go from deacon to elder. And then maybe one day you become a pastor and you do all this stuff but you're just checking boxes to get a title? God ain't about them titles. Because that title, what happens if you lose that title? Are you still you? I'm still me. Y'all can fire me today. Don't. <laughs> but the day that happens, I'm going to be like. <laughs> I 
You know why? Because I know who I am. I know that that's just a stepping stone to get me where God wants me to be. Amen? May that not happen. Amen? Say amen. We're two or three together. (laughs) But you can't put confidence in your flesh, your self-effort. That can't please God. Last one. Everybody say amen. 1 Corinthians 1. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Need I say more? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Hey, man, did you hear Noah about that? You prayed over him, and he's back there chanting the Seminole War chant. I just want to say thank you, brother. I'll never forget this day. (laughs) Chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. God doesn't want you glorying in your effort. He wants you glorying in Jesus' effort. Amen? His effort. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us. Now, this is a powerful verse. Because you can say, God, give me wisdom. And I'm going to tell you, he already has. If you believe in Jesus, you have the wisdom. See that? Jesus became for you wisdom. Not Not worldly wisdom. Wisdom from God. And righteousness. Christ is righteousness for you. These are four beautiful gifts. I have wisdom. I have righteousness. I have sanctification. That means that you are holy. You are holy. When somebody says, hey man, you need to be more holy. Say, no, I am holy. Y'all waiting for a joke? Say, I'm holy. (laughs) You are holy. You can't get no more holy. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And look at this, redemption. You've been bought back. Bought back. From what? From having to earn your way. You don't have to earn your way anymore. You can just simply receive these. Say, thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you have sanctified me, that I am set apart. Thank you, Father, for buying me back from a place that I didn't deserve to be bought back from. But you love me enough to do that. You sent your son, and this is who I am. This is what I have in Christ Jesus. We all have that, church. So don't let the enemy tell you who you are this year. Don't let the enemy tell you what you deserve this year. You tell him you know the ending. I mean, we already know the ending. Why are we letting him act like it's going to change? It ain't going to change. His future is not bright. Amen? He is defeated. Don't let him get in your head and try to make you think otherwise. You have got to receive the abundance of favor from God. You've got to receive the free gift of righteousness because those two things will allow you to reign, not just in 2020, but today. Today you can reign. And when you reign, sickness doesn't. When you reign, debt doesn't. Amen? Do you receive that, church? 
Stand up and give him a hand. Give him praise. Give him worship. Because he's the one that has given you these gifts. All these things we heard this morning would not be possible if it wasn't for the love of God. The love of God in the person of Jesus Christ, his own son, who came down to a place he didn't deserve to be. He didn't deserve to come down here and take your sin. He who knew no sin, did no sin, had no sin, the Bible says. But he did it because he loves you. He loves people. And don't forget, you too were once lost. There's people out there that are making bad decisions. And instead of judging them, tell them how much God loves them. Because that's what you needed to hear. We want to change the world. They will know him by the love that we have for one another. And I encourage you guys this year, today, today, change that mindset of being so judgmental that they don't see the love of God in us. Let's be like Joseph. Let's know that without Christ, we're just, we have nothing. We have nothing. We're a slave to this world. But with Christ, with Christ, we are prosperous everywhere we go. And wherever we go, the business is prosperous. Amen? For your sake. We got to know that, church. We got to know that that's what's been given to us. Stop condemning the world. Start loving the people of this world. And we'll see a great change. Not they, hey, people are looking, amen? People are searching. There's people in churches that are searching. And I just pray that the people of this church will be a blessing to those people. It ain't about growing this church. Ask either one of us. It is not about numbers. It's about the message. And if we can share this message with people and they take it to other churches, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to bring Pastor Dwayne up. He's going to pray a blessing over you. All you have to do, church, to receive it is say amen. Amen says, may it be so to me. That's all you're saying. He, he When he prayed, I don't know if you noticed this, he prays scripture. He prays scripture. And it's not scripture that condemns you. It's not old covenant scripture. It's new covenant scripture. It's scripture that tells you, the, it gives you life. Zoe life. It gives you life. It gives you hope. It gives you peace. All those things we're looking for. All you have to do is say amen. And, and, and listen, and saying amen doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden going to get them. You have them. Saying amen means you are connecting with God the Father and receiving what he says. May it be so to me as you say. Amen? Y'all ready? Y'all ready to be blessed? All right, Pastor. Amen. <clears throat> Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for just continuing to reveal yourself to us, reveal your, your purpose and your plan and, and uh Thank you, Father, for giving us prophetic dreams and visions of what you have in store for each and every one of our lives. God, you have given us a hope and a future. It's all because of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And like Pastor said, our future is, is bright because we are in the light and he is in us. And so, Father, we just thank you so much for your purpose and your plan. And a part of that plan is for us to be the church and stop waiting for people to come to church, but let the church go to the people, go out into this world and share this gospel, preach this gospel. Give this gift of no condemnation 
that they may see you who, for, who, for who you really are. For your word says that God is love. And may your, may your love be manifested not only in our lives, but through our lives. Father, we are willing vessels. So, Father, we thank you for every divine appointment, God, that you give us. Thank you for every opportunity you give us to demonstrate the love of Christ and to, and to share the gospel. Thank you, Father, for preparing hearts and minds right now, Father, to be changed forever. Thank you for the eternal work that you do in our lives through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And thank you for your Holy Spirit speaks to us. Thank you for giving us ears to hear your still, small voice. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you for setting us up for success. Thank you, Father, for blessing us beyond measure beyond what we can even ask or think. Thank you for your plans. Thank you for equipping and strengthening us. Don't be made fall. Father, you cause us to, to get back up because you withhold us with your strong right hand. That place of favor where Jesus said, and your word says that in him, in him, we are also in the heavenly places, sitting at your right hand, hand being upon us. Thank you, Father, for reminding us of who we are and continuing to remind us of your heart, your attitude toward us. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for giving us a good attitude concerning you. And Father, thank you for every opportunity to share it, to speak it out. Thank you, Father, for giving us the boldness and the courage to speak. Would you show us in the visions and in the dreams and the divine revelation? We bless you and we look forward to what you're going to do in our lives in 2020. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We're dismissed.